Everything about today's liturgy is very stark and very solemn. All of the things we're used to at Mass are changed and different and silent and for a purpose. Today is a very serious day. When we enter into the liturgies, we're not just reenacting or recreating what happened 2,000 years ago, but in this space, we are there on Calvary. That one crucifixion is present to us and we to it. And so everything here is somber. In the midst of this seriousness, in the midst of this somber tone, we hear in this passion narrative from the Gospel of John that Jesus, he is in control. He knows what he is about. Knowing where he is from and where he is returning, he sets out to accomplish our redemption. All the way through this passion narrative, we see that Jesus is the one handing over his life. No one takes it from him. Pilate tries to put Jesus in his place. One of the soldiers strikes Jesus in his response to Pilate. Is that a way to talk to the high priest? Of course, Jesus is the true high priest. Why is Jesus doing this? Why is he handing himself over to death? He has power to raise himself. He has power to come down off the cross, but he doesn't. Why? Because Jesus is working with the Father and the Spirit to save us. You see, it's easy for us in our daily lives to forget the weight of our sin. But today, today reminds us of the weight of our sin. It's not by accident that Jesus was crucified and then entombed in a garden, as we hear at the end of this reading. Because what went wrong with humanity happened in a garden, the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. The Catechism gives a definition for sin, and specifically that first sin of Adam and Eve. It says, Man, tempted by the devil, let his trust in his creator die in his heart, and, abusing his freedom, disobeyed God's command. This is what man's first sin consisted of. All subsequent sin would be disobedience toward God and lack of trust in his goodness. Disobedience toward God and lack of trust in his goodness. You see, our sin isn't simply breaking a rule or upsetting God. When we sin, we're bringing disorder and disease into our own hearts and into our world. And what Jesus has done in the midst of our disobedience, he has come as the new man. He has come to be son of the Father again. And his obedience to the Father all the way to and through the cross 
heals us and sets us right again. That we can live in right relationship with God and with one another through him and with him. Sin is a lack of trust in God's goodness. All of our sin is taking matters into our own hands. Not trusting God. Not trusting his ways or his will. Not trusting that he's good and that he wants good for us. And so we become self-reliant to take care of things on our own. And we see the effects of that in our world, in our own lives. The brokenness. The brokenness within us, the brokenness around us. And this is what Jesus has come to heal. The redemption is about healing. You see, when we sin, when we hurt our relationship with God, what is God's response? God's response is not to strike us with lightning or to to send suffering into our lives. This is God's response. God takes the initiative in coming to us. One of the most painful parts of the passion narrative to me is seen so beautifully in the movie, in the film, Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. Sometimes it's easy, it's easy for us to think about the crucifixion and sin as something that those terrible people out there did. Something that murderers and criminals something that they, they've done to the Lord. But the most painful part of the passion is that Jesus' disciples, the ones that he loved, they abandoned him. They denied him. They betrayed him. The ones who said that they would be with him always. And isn't that us? Aren't we the ones in this church? Aren't we the ones who've said that to the Lord? I believe, we say every Sunday. Aren't we the ones who have decided to be Christians, to respond to the Lord's invitation? And when Peter denies the Lord that final time and the cock crows, Jesus turns and looks at Peter, and that gaze is just heartbreaking. Because Jesus doesn't look at Peter with anger. Jesus doesn't yell at Peter but he looks at him with sorrow. Sometimes it's easier for us when someone yells at us. The most painful thing is when someone responds to our hurt with silence and sorrow. But in that gaze of Jesus to Peter, there's also mercy. Jesus knew this was going to happen. He told Peter that he would deny him. But we don't have the ability to save ourselves, and God knows that. That's why he came, that's why he entered in, to save us when we can't save ourselves. But this scene, this crucifixion, this raising up of Jesus, this is meant to move us, just like that gaze of Jesus to Peter. It's meant to break our hearts, to draw us to convert but God calls us to convert not because he's an angry authoritarian figure. He calls us to convert because he is a father who loves us and wants to be in relationship with us. So just like the Israelites in the desert, 
When that serpent was raised up, mounted on the pole, the Israelites looked to that, and they were healed. So too we are meant to look to the cross raised up, and we are meant to be healed. To be drawn back into relationship with the Lord. Why did he go to the cross? Because as he said, he thirsts for us. He went to the cross to redeem us so that we could be back in relationship with him. He thirsts for us that we might thirst for him. And such a display of love demands a response. Whenever we wonder, how does God feel about me? What does God think of me, even in our sin? We need to raise our eyes to the cross. Jesus stretched out, naked, vulnerable, completely given over to us and for us. That love demands a response. And so today, in the midst of this stark liturgy, in the midst of the reality of the weight of our sin, and the reality of God's heart for us, his thirst for us, we are invited to make a response. The choice is ours. God only proposes. He never imposes. The crucifix is God's great proposal to us. Will we return every day? Will we thirst for him as he thirsts for us? He's given us all we need in the cross, in the resurrection, in the sacraments, in his church, to sustain us and continue to heal us day after day. All he needs is our, yes, I'll be there with you, Jesus. Yes, every day I will renew my faith. Every day I will draw close to you. I will sit at the foot of your cross. I will be with you. Heal me, Jesus. Heal us, Jesus.